This is Michelle Dawes-Burt of Real Chicks Rock, and this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to RCR Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dussert. And as I always say, I'm always excited to be here. I am. I give thanks for the opportunity to be here. And um, we wanted to be lighthearted in some regards because what we're going to talk about today is kind of heavy, right? So today's topic is all about how do we deal with mental illness, mental health, and raising the awareness. And I have two out of my three guests today that are very seasoned in that area. They're knowledgeable. They're passionate about and we're going to get to talk to them in just a minute. But before we jump into that, I just want to give those that are newly watching the show what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about the empowerment of women. It's all women. And we do it through various different platforms and vehicles. We do it through community service. We do it through our apparel line, our t-shirt line. Thanks for everybody that has been supporting the shirts for the past couple of years. We appreciate that. Um, we also do it through mentoring and public speaking. And then we do it through the arts. Um, uh, while we were warming up, getting ready for the show, I was talking about my love for house music. And so that, yeah, that's where I see you. I know you from that. So, um, yes, I do a lot of things through the arts. I support, um, the culture, the dance, anything that I can do. And so now having the opportunity to have a talk show or internet radio show is a blessing. It's another way of supporting the arts and extending another vehicle or another way. Um, of what we do. So today, again, like I said, it's heavy. These beautiful women, beautiful women are here and they've given up their Saturday and given up being, I'm sorry, their Sunday, given up being with loved ones uh, today to talk about something that's kind of, that resonates with them. And so we're going to get into that. I want to introduce our guest to, I'm looking directly to this face. Tell the nice people, speaking to the mic, tell the people who your name and who you are and a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Sunny Brathwaite. I am a Grady baby. I like to start out. <laughs> Atlanta's own. Let people know what's up. Yes, <laughs> native. We're rare. Rare. Um, I don't know why, but here I am. <laughs> and um, what I do right now currently is I do uh, public speaking, mostly mm-hmm. with law enforcement, on how to not only identify um, when people have some symptoms that may be from a mental health uh, okay. uh, challenge, but how to interact. Wow. And um, I share my own experience because I was diagnosed first. I'm 37. Wow. Y'all know about that yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Close to 40, y'all. Um, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with severe depression. Really? And, um, and when I was 32, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. So... In between 16 and 37, mm-hmm. it's like 20 years. Yeah, yes, yes. I still think, like, when people say 90s is, like, old school, it yeah. really, like, makes my heart drop. Like, wait, hold up. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yes. <laughs> was, come on, y'all. 60s, 70s. No. Um, uh, I was, I've been on really a journey mm. with kind of accepting that. And I think the part that I speak to, no matter who I'm in front of, is that as a black woman, all the training, black woman who grew up poor in mm. the South mm. um, and grew up 
uh, in Christianity yes. that I had several barriers to actually accepting. Mm. I remember when I sat across from the therapist, it was because my mother's mom and her only sister had died. And so she put us automatically into therapy and mm-hmm. she did something that was against the family code. Right. Nobody else was doing that. My right. mother grew up in the projects. Initially, yes. Like nobody yes. was, you know, yeah. people thought we, you know, that's a crazy thing. Right. right? Back then, probably mm-hmm. still today, it's a lot of people who think that way. And I remember the lady telling me I had severe depression. I, I really looked at her and was just like, you have no idea what kind of family I come from. I come from a line of strong black women. I knew that she didn't know what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so... 20 years later. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm here managing, still managing depression, and I have definitely gone on a, on a journey of embracing it. Um, I've worked with other people mm-hmm. who we call peers who have mental health diagnoses after receiving some training. Right. And so I've kind of, I just see myself as an advocate mm-hmm. awesome. more than anything else. And awesome. So it starts with myself because if I don't, yeah. you know, maintain my own truth about what's going on with myself. What I literally do is to actually reach out to people through that. So I have to maintain it. So I can awesome. maintain wellness. So that's a little blurb. That's a nice yeah. blurb. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to dig into that blurb some more okay. as the conversation continues. To my right, this beautiful newlywed, newly <laughs> married. Beauty, she's beaming. Erica, tell the people a little bit about yourself, your name, and a little bit about yourself. So my name is Erica James Strayhorn. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Atlanta. Um, I have a private practice called Erica James Counseling LLC located in Midtown Atlanta Mm -hmm. where I see um, adults, couples, and individuals, and families. Mm -hmm. I also work with a nonprofit organization called Chris 180 Mm -hmm. where I work with children um, between the ages of 6 and 18. Um, They are foster kids. They've experienced severe levels of trauma, and Mm -hmm. I help them get get prepared for adoption or independent living depending on how old they are. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. Very good stuff. Yes. So let's 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 jump jump in because there's a lot. So we talk about. I think we use the term kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the civilian real real hard today, right? Because <laughs> I we don't know. Right. And and for those that can't see us, we are women of color. And so to Sunny's point, it's always been hard mm-hmm. for us to understand what it is. Right. We had some green room conversation before the show even started. And there were some discoveries in that, you know, some people within our, the family culture, we just mm-hmm. write them off as being crazy. Like, girl, pull yourself together. What's wrong right. with you? Right. So how what, how do you define mental illness? I guess is the first stab at it. Sonny, I'm looking at you. How how do you define that in your terms? Or and I was looking at Erica. Like, right? <laughs> we pass it. Let me. You want me to go to Erica? I can, Erica. I can, I can go ahead, Erica. First. Um, of course, there's like the technical definition. Yes, give you me. Can, you can Google it. You can look it up in the dictionary. I prefer to have more of a a personalized, my own kind of definition of mental mental health, mental illness. Mm. Um, first of all, I like to. Pre- I prefer to. Um, talk about it as mental health or mental wellness mm. instead of m- mental illness. Okay. Um, because I like to think about people from strength based. So okay. what, what strength do they have? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as all of us sitting here, any clients that might come into my office, the first thing I focus on are, are their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about the definition of um, mental health or mental wellness, for me, it's when you have challenges with keeping um, your own personal status quo, your own personal mm. balance. Mm. And that could be because due to um, childhood challenges, um, traumas, um, it could be things that may have happened in your adulthood, um, things that might happen at work, things and just triggers in your in your environment that, mm. that might um, make some of these symptoms come up mm-hmm. to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's more of um, a general generalized balance. If you're able to kind of keep your, your mental health, your emotional health in balance with the rest of everything else you have going on, 
then I would say you're mentally healthy. It's when those things kind of get off balance and things are a little bit different or you don't really know how to manage, um, you know, simple challenges might be more challenging than mm-hmm. they normally are. Things that you used, used to think about and let go and now you're kind of perseverating on those thoughts and thinking about them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Things that used to make you sad and you could be sad for a day, but now you're sad for like a long period mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when the mental health, the mental wellness um, kind of com- comes into play okay. as you might need some more support around those okay. things. And, and, and it sounds like, again, I'm a civilian, so I don't mm-hmm. know. It sounds like, is it not a form of depression or is it t- depression going up a notch or help, so, help us? For me, it's mental health and wellness is an umbrella mm-hmm. and things like depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, those things kind of come up under that okay. umbrella. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you agree, Sonny? Yeah, I really like your definition. Mm-hmm. I'm now going to look up the word perseverate. What was perseverate? That? Come on. It means fix, fixate. <laughs> Fixate or have the ruminate. same thoughts. Ruminate. Yeah, yeah. ruminate, yeah. separate, the same <laughs> thing. Yep, yeah. exactly. So I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I really like that definition because I think one of the things that was a barrier to me is that I did not identify myself in the DSM, right. in the book, the mm-hmm. manual, the okay. Bible of how you diagnose. Okay. Di- diagnose. So things like... Um, uh, symptoms basically that interrupt your ability to function exactly. either at work mm. or in your relationships. Mm-hmm. So even though it's true, I think, especially for people in general, but women and black women, mm-hmm. um, black people and women specifically, um, that I like the definition about your personal kind of like almost environment, like mm-hmm. kind of equilibrium, mm-hmm. because the things that we identify sometimes there is a spectrum, even amongst people who have, uh, I have a friend who has schizophrenia mm-hmm. um, and I got diagnosed with bipolar de- depression, right. which is a specific type mm-hmm. when I was 20 something. Right. Um, and so those are considered the more scary ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So with those people who have a lot of, um, People kind of like anger. Like yes. anger is that emotion that pushes away. Right. Um, even though not, not necessarily shouldn't, but in our culture, that's what it does. Right. Same thing with schizophrenia, bipolar. Mm-hmm. With depression, low grade anxiety, it's more of those kind of invisible ones. Yeah, and those where, are more acceptable. Mm-hmm. More people kind of they have a, they ha, they know more about them, and they've ex, they think they may have experienced more people with depression or with anxiety, or they okay. may experience experience those symptoms themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's something they're more comfortable with versus the other diagnoses, like you were mentioning, yeah. like schizophrenia, bipolar. Those, like you said, those are the more scary right. diagnoses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to a degree. So mm-hmm. with the ones that are on the, that spectrum, then you have like people who have these very strong ideas of what they think that is, right? right? And then with depression, anxiety, you have this kind of like. Uh, dismissal that mm-hmm. often comes with it because depression is a word that's used for people who go through a short term something, mm-hmm. but severe depression and clinical depression is its own type of beast. Mm. Yeah. And so the way that I do a definition of what mental health challenges are, are things that kind of interrupt your ability to your relationship with yourself. First okay. Of all, okay. And then how you kind of interact with other people. Okay. So for me, depression is things that kind of literally how you described it, like, you know, not feeling people right um, okay. right now. Mm-hmm. So that's really isolation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have this kind of sense of like this weight as I move through the day. Mm. Um, I might have had something happen. Now I'm I, I able to identify triggers where before, because I come from a line of people, um, women specifically, who just keep going. Right. I didn't know that just because I can go to work and go to school and still have mm-hmm. relationships that I still was actually having symptoms. So sure. if I don't feel completely well, I think it's something to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you 
you said a lot of good things. Both of you ladies did. And it's, it's a lot because now you start to wonder about your own mental yeah. wellness mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us, and this is really scary and this is real truth. There's a large population of us that are middle to low class income. So yeah. I'm mm-hmm. from the Bronx. Let's be all right. I'm projects. I was born and raised in the projects. Yeah. My project said NYCHA, New York City Housing Authority. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on in that kind of environment right. that you just you just think is just part of the day. Right. Um and then there's other people that are not in the projects that it's just it 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 just seems like there's so many different ingredients mm. that could trigger off your mental wellness. Oh, for sure. mm-hmm. And I think that as humans, just human beings, right. regardless of your gender or culture, you are entitled or you have every right to feel a certain way. I guess the issue is if we stay in these states too long or right. not able to, as Eric's, Erica said, kind of balance it all out mm-hmm. and balance back out. Yeah. Like we deal with death, right? Unfortunately, death. And that's a very, you have a mourning period. Yeah. You're, you're very sad. You're mm-hmm. missing that person. Yeah. Then do we, we can't stay there. Right. right. So we have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then typically like what Erica says is, you know, it's the depression. We hear that. Then another term we're hearing a lot more now bipolar, Mm -hmm. that thing. And so it's just so many for us as, as people of color, it's a huge opportunity to educate us because we, as you were saying, Sonny, we write things off. Mm -hmm. We tell somebody, go pray about it. Mm -hmm. Real talk for good reasons. For good reasons. I mean, good reason meaning historical reasons. Right. Right. You you went to church today, go pray about it. You know, we'll get a prayer circle going. You are right. You gonna, we always tell people, girl, you're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. We, we say that, but yeah. we don't really know. I think, like, the thing that's interesting to me is when I'm talking to law enforcement, there's a, a range of, uh, gender, ethnicity, and it's usually the black women in the group who disassociate. Right. I don't know if that's the right word, cause it's kind of like a clinical word, but they definitely kind of leave the room first. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I get these scowls when I start mentioning, what I am like mm-hmm. I'm a black woman like I start with that experience right. and I say that because it does affect like everybody especially that type of environment mm-hmm. where you have that kind of like uh it's almost like a military sure like you keep going right and mm-hmm. then you'll see the the actual issues I think it's similar to me to anybody who's on the front lines is or is a first responder has that type of trauma thing and then our historically the black community does right and so the way I kind of conceptualize is that if you list the number of things that we as a community in the United States have gone through mm-hmm. formal uh, enslavement, mm-hmm. Jim Crow, segregation, literally state-sanctioned violence. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, so at what time, if you're coming from a mental health wellness perspective, at what time do we take a break and say, let's now heal ourselves? Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you think about it from that way, mm-hmm. and then you, for me, and then you kind of like uh, project that into an individual thing, then it's a similar type of thing. If you've gone through one traumatic or you're just responding at some point you're surviving and responding mm-hmm. then at what point did you take care because those things impact sure like mm. you know you might be able to function well you may have not been right. wounded to a sense right. of having a wounded self right mm-hmm. right but like you know how and then if prayer which is important right right for for some people and all the things that we use and we didn't have access to a to a, a mental health setting mm-hmm. then where does that go yeah you're right I mean, where does it go now we're functioning 
addicts. I don't want to say that. That's a strong word. We're we're functioning beings like any other. And and addiction is, is very... That's the point I'm trying to make, but that's not the appropriate word, right? Because it's not really an addiction. You're not addicted to anything. It's just your state of where you are. And I think what we've kind of gone back to what you were saying with the complex trauma that we've gone through as a people. Yes. We also, I get a lot of clients in my practice who've experienced complex trauma in their personal lives, a lot of grief, a lot of loss, a lot mm. of abuse, a mm. lot of trauma that mm-hmm. as soon as one traumatic event happens, another one happens right yes. after it. And then yes. another one happens and another one happens. So they're learning how to function in in these trauma states when you've experienced trauma and when you're living inside of the trauma, your anxiety is up because you, you're, you're always kind of watching your back. You mm-hmm. don't know when the next, when the next shoe was going to drop, so to speak. Right. So you're always kind of living your life on edge. You're always right. living in a tense, a tense environment, a tense energy. Right. And it's not really until I even have my clients go through, um, a timeline. I'll say, Hey, let's, let's make a timeline together where we list either the, the big traumas that you've experienced, the mm-hmm. small traumas, or even those things that may not be considered traumas, but they kind of set your life on a different path than what you originally thought. Mm-hmm. And let's spend some time processing and grieving each of those things one, yeah. one at a time, because if not, you're going to continue to, as you go throughout your life, more traumas are going to happen, more um, circumstances mm-hmm. are going to arise, mm-hmm. and it's going to just continue to build on top of each other. And you're never really going to give your, yourself the chance to process or grieve those things mm-hmm. if you don't try, find a way to kind of put a pause in it right. and really sit with yourself right. and, and walk through it and give yourself the time to process it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very difficult because what may be traumatic for a sunny exactly is different for what's traumatic mm-hmm. for what a trauma mm-hmm. driven for me mm-hmm. and so you know i commend you ladies as um, erica especially because you have to be non-biased oh, right sure. in your role yep. and not be judgmental like judgment is thrown clearly out mm-hmm. you're looking at a person based on where they are and what their weight is i'm gonna borrow sunny's word yeah. what their weight is in in their life. Mm-hmm. And so for you to be able to maneuver through that is tough in itself. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's very difficult. Cause just me, I, you know, I consider myself to be balanced, but there are times that I'm not, but, um, there was a, there's phases in our lives as women, mm-hmm. most of us that we go through this insecure period mm-hmm. and we're very sensitive to things and rejection and all these kind of things that a month or you're no, just, just in general, just going, <laughs> you're trying to be funny. Um, yes, compounded plus over years, <laughs> but just, just dealing with life. Right. Um, there are some of us that struggle in relationships. We can't get out of that mechanism mm-hmm. yeah. and we deal with, depression or anxiety differently. And, and so it's, it, you don't know what happens to that person. You don't know what it is that you need to do to kind of pardon expect, shake yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a very thin line and the older you get, or the more life experiences okay. come at you because right. age is nothing but a number. Now we're just dealing with life experiences. Mm. It can get heavier. Right. So now do we, as, as we interact with people and we want them to be on a path of mental wellness, are some of the antidotes for them changing their garden or circle of friends? Oh, is that sure. an influence? Is, is, sure. is that something that we say? I completely agree with that. Okay. Um, when I first get a new client, one of the first questions I ask them is, what does your support system look like? Right. Some of them say they have a support system. Some say they don't. Right. Um, but then I really try to allow them 
the space to understand like, hey, maybe the environment that you're mm-hmm. in is part of the reason why you're not able to move on to the next level mm-hmm. or move through this particular phase in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that a lot of what people experience or some of what they experience yes. has a lot to do with their environment, who they spend their time around, right. um, what kind of music they listen to, mm-hmm. what kind of places they go to, right. what kind of foods they eat. Mm-hmm. Um, environment plays a, a really big role on, on people's mental health, for sure. Now, for you, Sonny, you, you opened up by saying... You came from a you come from a line of very strong women in right. your so and it, the idea of the strong black woman and the idea right? okay so that's the thing I was right I didn't know that needed challenge okay so the, the the idea that you could I thought depression was a rich white woman's disorder mm-hmm. okay had, you know like it didn't I didn't have any reference mm-hmm. um, even though there were several women in my family who about the age of thirty had what they call breakdowns mm-hmm. okay you know what I mean okay <laughs> that's okay. what it, it was called a nervous breakdown sure. but, yeah you know it was kind of seen as a life response event to like okay. being more of the caretaker for the children mm-hmm. and having really lit relationships with mm-hmm. men. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way that it was viewed. Okay. So they had full on breakdowns when I can now label as possible depression mm-hmm. or, you know, a bipolar or manic episode, mm-hmm. you know, so looking back, I mm-hmm. can see that, but mm-hmm. like that idea kind of, it strengthens and it also can put you on a platform where you don't get what you need. Right. Sure. Cause right. the strong black women never really, we never talk about it in the sense of what do you, Ooh. What can you do? Ooh. Right? That's and a show. That's another topic. <laughs> and, I, and I also think that it, it impedes our um, ability to be vulnerable. Yes. Because when you think of strength, a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm strong. I can't let my emotions show. Right. I, can't, I can't sit down and cry right now. I have right. to pick up you where I'm going to keep it moving and keep my game face on. Yeah. And then it, that's, a, that's a barrier to us, men and women, mm-hmm. to being able to feel comfortable enough with expressing our vulnerability and then understanding that there's tremendous strength in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But when this notion of the strong black woman is the only thing that you see, that's the only image you see mm-hmm. on TV and the radio and the media and they don't really show the other side that strong black woman can also be very vulnerable right. she can also be someone who asks for help mm. but that that part of it is not really it's talked not, about because yeah, yeah. it's not profitable mm. exactly now we're talking about the money it isn't i mean just profitable society wise yes. like social capital yes because when you you were we were having a conversation on the way in mm. about that invisible labor yes like mm. doing this kind of work right right and the work that comes with community activism, yes, right? Yes. That silent mm-hmm. kind of stuff that a lot of times gets laid on particular gender and a particular, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. cultural group. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. But to not take care of yourself is something that's learned from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Of the American experience in our lives, in yes. my opinion. Yes. That's a little political. Yeah. To bring it back to a little more groundedness about cultural um, lifestyle management to deal with mental illness. I was diagnosed at 16. So I was, and I was very eclectic i guess i don't mm-hmm. like to use that word but i think that's how people see me i don't okay. know but um <laughs> which to me is just saying weird or something but mm-hmm. i'll take it um and so i thought of myself as an artist mm-hmm. and i thought of myself as my mother because she came from a family of addiction mm-hmm. you know i'm just gonna leave it right there right um she was she went the other way like she would make us this nasty candy mm. like it was called horror handle candy it was some herbal something now i can appreciate it but i back then was like can we get an aspirin please <laughs> <laughs> she was that you know against drugs yeah. and so i kind of like didn't want to do any kind of drugs mm-hmm. i wanted all i wanted to work out i wanted to all the things that's lifestyle management support system working sure. out um meaningful activities mm-hmm. um exercise nutrition mm-hmm. those are all things that you manage but I thought that was treatment. Mm. And that's the distinction I want to make. Like for okay. me, I'm thinking if I can get that perfectly down, but I didn't, the physical component, component of even depression, it is a, 
it can be a biological, it's a, a brain sure. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I struggled for years because I saw myself as this artist who just needed to be able to maintain better. Right. right? I needed to make sure that my vegetables were organic or mm-hmm. all I had to do. So it was almost like a perfectionism mm-hmm. thing and I didn't want help. You know? Okay. <laughs> so I now see it. 20 years later right. it's something that requires both what okay. are the sure. things I can do for myself yeah. what are things that I need assistance mm-hmm. with whether it's a, a herbal remedy a prescription drug therapy mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. been very helpful mm-hmm. you know so it's like this idea of the strong kind of not just black woman this, this culture kind of yeah. does this thing with vulnerability like I posted this thing today I think or yesterday I'll, I'll be up like it too but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's another we'll talk about that because that's a symptom too um <laughs> I posted this uh, statement that a Facebook friend has said and said, the only kryptonite to emotional ghost is vulnerability. Mm. And so I was like, yes. Nice. nice. <laughs> you know, to just kind of really nice. keep rewiring my thoughts yes. about what's supposed to happen when I'm experiencing something. Because there's a pride mm-hmm. and a shame yes. that comes with and an emba- Yeah, an embarrassment yeah. kind of thing. Okay. And I have found that speaking what's true for me and I want to use law enforcement again because that's the culture that you think of with like bravado and like definitely don't show emotion. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I have had several without fail almost every time I've spoken with law enforcement, someone comes and has a emotional connection and tells me their story. Right. In a thing where they have to be a lot of times secretive. Yes. They will take, some people have taken me to the end of the parking lot. Like the head of departments have taken me yeah. and I speak to you out and it's just kind of whispering. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I can only imagine if it's my experience, mm-hmm. then the people who are doing this service, right. Mm-hmm. Then everybody needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody needs some kind of access to what it is that maintains wellness. It might, it might not be a disorder, but mental wellness itself mm-hmm. is still something that's kind of like underneath physical wellness. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It has embarrassing tendencies. That's what we put yeah, on it. A lot it. of stigma. A yeah. lot of stigma. Because right, a lot Erica? of people feel that the only reason why you need to go to a therapist is because, for lack of a better term, and I know this is a, a trigger word, but they feel like they only need to go to therapy when they're crazy. Crazy. And people don't understand that. Yeah, you can go to therapy when you have your typical stressors, when you have a yeah. hard yeah. time at work, when yeah. you feel stressed about a project coming up. Right. When you just need to vent to somebody who doesn't know you so you can get a subjective opinion from them or mm-hmm. objective. I always confuse those two. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't have to be because you feel like you're about to have a nervous breakdown. Right. It could be just to manage your day-to-day life. I have plenty of clients who come in and they just sit and vent for an hour. Yeah. And that's it. And, but then I have other clients where I'm giving them homework assignments. I'm giving them tools. Right. We're going through and talking about childhood challenges. We're yes. really doing some of that more processing. Right. So it kind of depends. But I think a lot of the stigma is because, like you were saying before, a lot of it comes from people who have a, a heavy religious background. And they don't understand that you can be religious and you can do therapy at the same time. Mm-hmm. I often integrate those two. Mm. If I do have a client who is spiritual, if they believe in you know whatever religion they believe in, right. you can bring that into the session. Let's figure out how we can use that together with therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, because all of that stuff is really important. All of it comes together. That's what helps people create th- their whole self. It's not just one piece here and one piece there. How right. can it all work together? Um, but yeah, I really do think the stigma, a lot of the stigma is because people are afraid they're going to be judged yes. or looked at mm-hmm. or feel embarrassed mm-hmm. because they're being seen by a therapist. Mm-hmm. And really, that's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to educate the masses. And that's what we're doing. We're going to take a little break. Already? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a little break. Okay. And uh, we're going to be, when we come back, I'm going to have my third guest. They're here, so we're excited. We're going to change up the logistics a little bit, but we'll be back in a few minutes. We'll be back. This is part two. 
And yes, you're not going crazy. We have another person. That's Kay. This is Kay Wolf. Kay has joined us. Kay, tell the people a little bit about yourself, and we're, then we're going to jump back in the conversation. Okay. Go right sure. ahead. Sure. <laughs> My name is Kay Wolf, and I was diagnosed with um, bipolar one, which is the talking to Sunny about that, the fun bipolar. The fun bipolar. (laughs) What does that mean, Kay? Um, It can be very extreme. If you've seen the movie, um, I think it's called Brain on Fire. Mm. Uh, We are like, hmm. It really illustrates how um, explosive it can be. Okay. As what I mean is like uh, the explosive creativity, uh, the explosive mood swings, mm-hmm. um, even explosive uh, neurological um, abnormalities, mm. anomalies rather, mm-hmm. such as hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, wow. visual hallucinations, mm-hmm. paranoia. Um, wow. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Life gets a little trippy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You were saying some things to us when you arrived here. So how long have you been having mental challenges? When I looked back at um, my life history, I noticed that there were some things that began when I hit puberty. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, nine, actually, hit puberty pretty early. And it just progressed and progressed. Um, I remember the, the... height of it when I was an adolescent was when I was 13. Okay. Um, and that's when I began damaging myself. Really? Um, and I hadn't talked to my parents about it. I hadn't really, um, processed it, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff that I saw in the movies mm-hmm. or things I read in mm-hmm. books, um, mm-hmm. fiction books was just like, Oh, you know, this is a normal part of adolescent, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it really, got to a um, extreme, I wouldn't say plateau, but it really became extreme in college. Okay. And I know that that happens to a lot of Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just the stress, the diet. um, The environment, new environment. The environment, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and uh, crazy sleep schedules. Mm -hmm. But it really hit hard when I was about 22, 23. Um, And I didn't get an official diagnosis until um, my life was in a huge point of transition mm. and uh, things began to, I'm not going to say fall apart, mm-hmm. but there was a huge life transition. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, gosh, that was about, let's say five, five years ago, okay. four years ago. Okay. Um, I went to, well, I'll give some context. I had a friend who um, is in mental health. She's a therapist. And she came to me very authentically and said, there is something wrong. I know you. I know your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know you exercise. You eat well. Mm-hmm. You meditate. You, mm-hmm. you know, do yoga. You're spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that she know, she, she knew me so well. She knew what kind of natural supplements I took. Right, she, right. Know, she's been in my kitchen before. Um, and we've had those conversations about uh, nutrition and uh, vitamin supplements and everything that help maintain mental health. Yes. And she said there is something wrong. You need to go get help. She said, you know, go to Emory. They have a, uh, one of their top psychiatrists. This is his name. Go see him. Mm -hmm. Um, I went, had a two hour intake and they interviewed family members Mm -hmm. and he said, you have, um, most severe form of bipolar. 
wow. with some anxiety. And given your history that, um, you know, that you've told me it started around puberty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once I received that diagnosis, there was some apprehension okay. at first. Okay. I was like, oh, maybe I need to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And some of my family members were like, uh, you should go get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I got a second opinion and they confirmed that, no, really... You, you, we need to do something now okay. to maintain your mental health. Okay. Um, because with mental challenges, yes. I like to say challenges mm-hmm. instead of illness. Yes, okay. We're learning. Yeah. We're learning. <laughs> hey, with, yeah, I'm um, learning. Because I'm learning. mental illness is very uh, disempowering. Okay. That's what it's, Erica was saying yeah. earlier. So, yes. Yeah, yes. It's, um, it, it's, it requires being enabled. I'm sure. not going to call it a handicap, mm-hmm. but it requires being na- mm-hmm. enabled. Um, but I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It's okay. We were talking about, you're saying you just got your diagnosis after the second, um, the second opinion. Right. And it, oh, it was a relief. At first I was apprehensive because I was like, uh, you know, great. I've got this. I got to keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. I only told like a couple really close friends. I was embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt, um, disempowered at first, Mm -hmm. but eventually it became a huge relief to mm-hmm. know that, oh, wow, I have this challenge. Mm-hmm. It has a face to it mm-hmm. now. That means that I can come up with solutions. I can get the appropriate support team um, to come up with solutions, come up with tools, and um, um, get the, like I said, appropriate support yeah. system so that I can maintain my mental health. Mm-hmm. When we have mental health challenges, is medication an option? Does the people that we see that says, listen, you have a serious form of this, this, and this, do they also introduce a form of medication at that point or no? Um, it was my psychiatrist at the time thought it was absolutely necessary okay. to put me on medication uh, just because of the severity of the symptoms mm-hmm. that I was having. Okay. Um, it was affecting my um, overall capacity to function. It was Mm. affecting my family relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was affecting how I was experiencing life in an adverse way. Right. Um, but like we were saying earlier, it's the fun, you know, it's the fun disease. So there there are those (laughs) moments where, I mean, my brain was literally high because of the neurochemical imbalance and the misfiring. Mm. Um, I mean, there really is a science behind um, mental abnormalities. Awesomeness, um, man. Because it, it, it's, you, it can be measured um, on, I think it's a e, not an EKG, an um, MRI. Okay. Um, it can be measured by um, chemical... Uh, neurochemical mm-hmm. levels being mm-hmm. tested. Mm-hmm. I went to a naturopathic holistic physician. Uh, he was a medical doctor and he tested my uh, blood levels for mm-hmm. dopamine, yep. serotonin, mm-hmm. neuroserotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was bottom out. It was in the red. Wow. Um, I had none of that going on. So, um, I forgot what it was. Well, I think that's important about for you to name those because there is uh, when I one of the main the first questions I get is um, 
is it what's like what happened right you know what i mean yeah like, wh- how, like wh- you did something right well you know people don't necessarily know so I, when i'm in that position of talking to an audience i don't take things personally yeah so people say that when i accept it as that they just they're saying we don't to know me, they say it different ways but what they're saying is like is it physical is it you know your childhood yes you know? mm-hmm. so some people are really turned up about it you know some people yeah. really ask it and it's very diplomatic whether yeah. it's the same under thing and the but the the theory that I am most familiar with, it, it can be a combination of things. Mm-hmm. But for me, that I like to kind of point out the physical component because it kind of takes away from this idea that you could just lifestyle yourself into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally one of the, it could become a delusion, mm. right? It could be, especially with bipolar, my experience of it and having peers and friends who have it, there's this idea of like, because the world is so internal and it's so individual, mm. like you don't want to necessarily... And a lot of people who have bipolar disorder, as well as ADHD, have a high creativity mm-hmm. and highly spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. the correlation scientifically is there. Mm. Not for everybody. Yes. But that's like, when, so the line between, am I just very creative mm-hmm. right now, or am I having a hallucination? Right, <laughs> you know? right. And and it feels similar as far as, like, the the energy and the the what you get from being mm-hmm. in the creative process so as far as the the neurotransmitters i think that's so important mm-hmm. because it gets read as something must have happened to you and yes. it could have right as, as a child right a lot of us experience mm-hmm. uh dysfunction mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. but not everybody's brain is affected exactly right? mm. so that's the difference in it because me and my sister were raised in the same household so right doesn't have bipolar mm-hmm. disorder right you know right so it's it's this kind of thing that I think is so important to know that there's several different, uh, lack of a better word, causes. It's yes. not really, I don't like to say that word. Yeah. You kind of take it as like cause and right. effect, effect. But kind of like things that are the building blocks to why you are having challenges. So some of it is family history, your experiences as a child, uh, definitely the chemical aspect of it, right? Because <laughs> that's the part that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be on drugs, you know, like... Nobody's going to drug. I don't care what it is. A substance, a person, a thing, an object is not going to control me. Right. Right. Which is another uh, characteristic I see a lot with my friends or people who have bipolar disorder. This idea of like control is important. because If the thoughts and your feelings, which are we're told is by the society is how we identify ourselves. Yes. You identify yourselves by what your thoughts are. Right. Feelings. Right. If those things you can't always trust, Mm -hmm. then it's control becomes important. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, it's very, very important at that point. I, I, oh, I'm always selfish with the guests and I got to stop that. Um, Anana Harris Paris, thank you for shouting, blowing us up on, on Facebook. She is sharing and going woohoo and thinking this conversation is awesome. Again, the topic today is how do we deal with mental health. I've learned when I'm not using illness anymore. I got some hashtags out there. I'm going to go change them, right? Get rid of it. And more, it's more about mental wellness, um, challenges, opportunities, but we want to put in, in everything. There's, there's gotta be some good that comes out of it. And so I've learned in this first hour of our conversation that regardless of what's going on, we want to be able to give people the empowerment, the Mm -hmm. strength that they need Mm -hmm. to one, identify what it is and then give them the tools that they need or strategies to get out of it. So this is really, really good, good conversation and information to have. Um, 
Kay, one thing we talked about while you were on your way here, and we missed you. We were talking about, we did. I'm, I'm, in, I'm engulfed by three beautiful people here, and this is awesome. Look at that reflection. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We were talking about, and, and I wanted to save this question for, for all of us to chime in on it. It's like for us as, as people, women of color, our culture, it's like we're one extreme to the other, right? We're either like really having a difficult time or areas economically, socially, this, that, and the third, yeah. or society, I'm using some of the stuff that Sunny was talking about, has put us in a totally different area or stratosphere. So people think we turn up all the time. We are about weaves, big booties, this, that, this, this whole nother image. How do we get this where we are in the middle? Like this is a tangible mm. thing that we're talking about. This isn't something that you guys made up. Right. Like you weren't seeking someone's attention or approval. Mm. This isn't things that just happen to you and you're stuck. You're not, you, you're owning your feelings, you're owning what's going on sure. in your, in your, your, your being, in your person. How do we raise that vibration and the awareness for other people to own it? I, and, and Erica said it as well. You said it too. Once you guys know what it is, you feel like this, like I'm not crazy. There's right. something a little chemically off. That's a very good word because there's a chemical imbalance. Right. So how do we raise that? I'm looking at Sunny, but yes. anybody can I'm answer. Pop, I'm popping for this go, one. Go ahead. I think the important <laughs> thing for me was like when I first, I, the first time I was in a counselor's office, I was uh, it, around 16. Yes. That's when I got diagnosed. I yes. think it was 14. My mother had lost her mother and her only sister in the same year. And my mother, my grandmother was the backbone of the family. Right. right? So my mother was the, the last sister. So that really changed our dynamic. Right. Because my mother was, uh, my dad, we saw him every other weekend. So he was definitely, it was a two parent raising, but my mother was a primary parent. Okay. She might as well have been a single parent in some ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. As far as the work. Okay. And so we found her, like, I remember one time she was, you know, she had just buried her mom and her sister. Mm. And I'm 14 and I see my mother behaving in ways I could not understand. Right. Not the woman who made all these decisions and took right. care of stuff and always, you know, knew what to do and all these. And so she put us in counseling and sitting there with like these symptoms, ask these questions. Do you ever, you know, get sad sometimes? Do you ever feel a sense of emptiness? Mm -hmm. I still don't understand exactly what that, I, I know I do, but that's not, I didn't relate to any of the, right. the way it took me to being, you talked about going to a group. It took mm -hmm. me to going to a support group mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. the way I described, which I thought was my own individual, right. you know, uniqueness. Of, yes. Yeah. These people were saying the same yep. thing. thing. And I literally cried, which I don't do. <laughs> I don't do it. I mean, you know, right, right, I right. learned how not, you don't cry in public, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm bawling because I was like, it took what, 10 years for me to sit in this group to realize that those symptoms mm -hmm. that were listed in that therapeutic environment were, I was actually experiencing, but I had distance from it because it was a clinical environment. Now, here's the key. Mm -hmm. What made you go to a support group? How did that happen? Um, that's the key. That's... That's the story. Okay. Okay. I do want to put this out here real quick because that story is, is I'm a, I'm a, I can make it real summary. I okay. Cliff Notes version. That's fine. But that's interesting that you asked me that. I had come back from, I lived in California for five years. Mm -hmm. I was in the Bay Area um, on a manic episode. I didn't know. I didn't tell anybody until I got there. I had no clue. I didn't have a, you know, a real, a real right. plan A. It wasn't settled. So my plan B and C was actually my A. <laughs> um, and I stuck it out. I was there five years and I went to New York. For a year to go to um, school there. Yes. And my aunt who, um, 
my last year of high school, I stayed with her until I was about 24. She was my great aunt. And I always told her if she got sick, I would come back. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Atlanta. She got ill. She had dementia. And I came back and I took care of her. I didn't realize a couple of things. I didn't realize the... I thought dementia was just forgetting things. Right. I didn't realize the aggression and the mm. regression and all mm. the stuff that comes with that. Um, you know, she would <laughs> cuss me out because she, she had that good, that good mm. Southern... Like for real, like mm-hmm. to the bone. Like I'm here helping you. She thought I was an intruder. All that stuff. So I had my own mental health stuff, and hers was challenging mine because it wasn't set in what people would identify as a reality. Right? She had her own reality, mm-hmm. and so that kind of triggered my stuff to kind of really get my own independence. And I had this. I was 32, and I diagnosed at 16. Didn't really take it on completely. I had bits and pieces of right. owning it. Right? right. 32. I had a crash. At this point, I had. I was doing the right nutritional stuff. I was walking. I had all the components. So at that point of after having three or four crashes, I'm like, something else is, not right. is going on mm-hmm. because I have mastered the things that you're supposed to lifestyle management master. And here I have had a full on breakdown and I get on the bus at that time. Cause I came, and I sold my car and I get on a bus and this lady happened to be going to uh, a sport group meeting and I had plans to go the other direction. I literally went with her and I sat in the meeting. So it was kind of like, and I'm a, I'm not a, definitely not a religious person. Let me put it like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that was definitely some type of intervention. Okay. So I sit in this meeting and it was a NAMI meeting, national Alliance for mental illness, which is now the yes. group I work for. Yeah. NAMI. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Very, we should talk about that because I have a, several resources I want to make sure that people yes. get a hold on. Okay. And I sat and that's how I did it. Like I had no clue. I was just telling her, you know, I don't know why I'm even talking to this lady. Mm-hmm. Right. New York will teach you not to talk to people. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's how, how we raised. Right. Don't talk. Like, don't look at nobody. I didn't mm. get it until after I was there for a month. Cause I'm just like, look at these people. They're entertaining. Nobody wants to even look at them. Mm-mm. A month later, I'm like, where's I don't see you. Right. Right, right. Every day. It's every day, every day. Five times a day. So, you know, you get used to it. So I came back and I don't know what inspired me, but it was obviously meant to be. And she said, come with me. Mm. And I was in the midst of a full out crisis. Wow. Me, which meant that I might not eat for, I don't know, when's the last time I ate? Mm-hmm. Uh, last yeah. time I got out of bed. Yep. Only things that could move me out of that was something that I was accountable for. Right. And you know, and right. even that was a struggle. So I don't know where I was going, but I went with her and I sat in this meeting and people were saying the same kind of things. Nobody's saying I have a sense of emptiness. They would talk about this kind of like I'm drained again. Right. Mm. I'm just like Okay. Mm. <laughs> Tell us Kay. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I can resonate with everything yes. you're saying. There are um even with uh medication regulating a lot of the um, neurochemical balance, there are moments where um, something small can just Mm -hmm. knock it right off, knock me off of my, um, my rhythm. Mm. And once that happens, it takes a while to get back on track. Mm. Um, There are moments, there have been moments where um, I stayed in the bed for like a week Mm -hmm. and um, I, could barely take care of myself mm-hmm. um, because of my challenges and change in life circumstances. Um, I moved in with my family, uh, moved into the family house uh, about let's see August two thousand twelve. Okay, so I've been there uh, because I have a little one. Okay, and there is an accountability that I have to myself to. Mm-hmm. Um, take care of her and be responsible for caring for her. And I know that, um, 
in the back of my mind, I, it's a little more humbling than I care to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's loaded. I like that word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, it's living with my, in the family house with my family's been, um, you know, I don't know where I would be right, right now. Right. Um, there were moments where I thought, you know, oh my God, I, there's no way I can be a parent. Um, especially soon after my diagnosis, mm. I thought, oh my God, I'm damned. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm going to screw my child up and I yeah, can't do yeah, this. Yeah. And there were, there was a moment where I, uh, I really considered giving my mother custody mm. of my daughter who's wow. now six and a half. Wow. Um, because I didn't, I was afraid I couldn't function. Um, that's real to really take care of her and to carry on that responsibility on top of being responsible for myself. That's heavy. Um, but there have been times where, you know, just a week in bed. Yes. It just, there was nothing that the house could have been on fire and I probably still like, uh, okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, but the but the the inner. I mean, we just met a week ago. We, we were, did. Yes, we, I was talking about this amazing trip to China, which I'll talk yeah. more about. In a so bit. we and so I had no idea because you walk in, you're this burst of light, and your daughter is like twice your light. Yeah, right. She's twice your light. Her middle name is Aurora. You know, it's beautiful. See, see, yes. and I didn't know that. And so she's so I'm. So the common, I'm just a commoner. I'm just a per, I don't know. So I'm looking, I'm like, and you shared with me, you know, that you, you, you're struggling. And I was like, because it, you don't look and I'm being ignorant as most people are. That's important. It's a look. We're thinking you, you should be downtrodden. You, you should be looking a certain way, right? Right. Like people should look like they have HIV. It's like, Mm -hmm. you should look like there's something wrong. And there's, and I'm like, no, my, my goodness. And so from a mother as, cause I'm a mom too. Um, do you feel that sometimes there's something inside of you as a mom that says, I, I just can't, I can't give up on her. I got to get up. Is, did that help in some cases for you or, or um, no? yes. And when I said, you know, like a week in bed, I was, was not, um, eating. I wasn't yeah. hydrating. Right. I wasn't showering. I wasn't wow. practicing any hygiene, but I'd be damned if I wouldn't take care of my child. I heard that. So I would I get heard that. out of bed, if not only to feed her breakfast and take her to school Wow! and then crash back out. So, you know, the, the house could be on fire as long as my child went Is okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 The motivation to get up would be like, mm, maybe it'll go out in a little bit. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. and your baby girl, she's very mature, full of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she know that mommy struggles with mental wellness at times? Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, there was a, a moment where I was like, you know, nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. And there's a combination of the two to maintain mental um mental health and not just maintain it, but introduce Mm -hmm. a child at early age to mental health. So I, um, got a series of books that were specifically for children as well as an audio CD, um, specifically for children. Yeah. I, I, um, wishing wellness. That's one of the workbooks, uh, for children, a parents with mental illnesses, but I like to say mental challenges and that's how I teach my daughter. Um, 
But yeah, I educated her. Absolutely. It was essential for her to understand what's going on with Mm -hmm. mom because there is nothing worse than being in a situation that can be scary sometimes Mm -hmm. and not knowing like what is this, what's going on. So now that she can identify it, um, um, I went so far as to, uh, borrow my, my, a cousin of mine is, um, in mental health field and I borrowed his binder of the science behind mental Mm. illness Mm -hmm. and it has the photos of brain scans and it goes into depth about, um, neurochemical imbalance, neurochemical makeup, um, and my daughter is very biology oriented, mm. very science oriented. Mm-hmm. So I went through that entire thing with her mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, here are the neurochemicals. This is, you know, the part of the brain that mm-hmm. has, you know, challenges, the frontal lobe might, you know, it, mm-hmm. it has executive functioning. And mm-hmm. when that's out of whack, this can happen. Mm-hmm. And she absorbed it and she completely understands it. Um, also, part of this workbook is identifying when um, mom might be stepping into a period of depression or mm. might be manic. So, and as also a um, um, a guide for what she can do mm-hmm. when she's feeling un- unsafe. If I'm um, getting having really severe agitation mm. and needing to okay go somewhere and calm down, right, right. she has a little plan, a little plan for her where she says, okay, I need to go be in my happy place. So she'll go in her room and she'll lock her door and she'll read. Right. Or she will, um, there's a house phone where she can go pick up a phone and talk to an adult. Um, if she feels like, oh, mommy's getting really agitated. And I mean, I've never gotten to a point of being physically dangerous or anything like that. That's good. Um, but as a little child, a six year old, that's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. If mom starts getting loud Mm -hmm. and looking frantic and Mm -hmm. being stressed out about every little thing, that's going to be scary yeah, for a little one. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's armed with information mm. or empowered rather with yes. information and yes. knowledge about what's going on. Mm-hmm. She has a support system. She mm-hmm. can pick up the phone and call whoever, you know, she usually calls, um, um, one of her grandparents or uncle or dad and says, you know, Hey, I just need to talk because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling a little stressed out right. about mommy's behavior right Right now now. yeah Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. she's um very aware and um i you know i credit her awareness and her empowerment to my effort yeah to make sure that um you know she has what she needs to Mm -hmm. um um i'm gonna make sure my child is okay regardless um i want to talk a little bit about the family unit because a lot of us as African-Americans, once we leave home, we can't go back. Uh, regardless, <laughs> I'm keeping it 100. Like regardless of how, whatever it is, it's very few parents that are able to take on us and our children mm-hmm. based on our life experiences or challenges or opportunities. Even maybe it's the environment, maybe it's financial, maybe it's just where we are in life. We're bringing just way too much on their, on them at this phase in their life. So I want to commend your family because you said, oh, you know, that they, they, since 
2012. So it's been like mm-hmm. almost five years. Mm-hmm. So do, does mom and dad and the family outside of your daughter, they know their roles. They have scripts and processes that they need to, how does, how does that work for you? How does it work for them? Um, I tip my halo to them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I put them through a lot yeah. of ish. <laughs> That's okay. It was unintentional. It wasn't on purpose. Right. Right. It wasn't um, on purpose. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so the family dynamic there, it, at first, uh, my parents were like, okay, you know, you need to da, 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 mm-hmm. get, get it together mm-hmm. and make an exit plan mm-hmm. you know, so that you can, you know, get your life back in balance right. and then go hit the bricks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so when, <laughs> when I, um, shared with them the diagnosis and, and showed, um, you know, after, you know, the second opinion and, um, the, the um, charts yes. for the neurochemical imbalance that showed like I am bottomed out yeah. um, as well as, you know, educating myself on the challenges mm-hmm. and um, educating my parents. It, it took a little while for them to um, acclimate and mm-hmm. adjust, mm-hmm. adapt mm-hmm. to, okay, life is going to be very different now. Yeah. Mm. And um, they, I like to say they tolerate me for the sake of my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, But the dynamic there is, um, it's very beautiful. Sometimes it can be a little bit, you know. Right. Okay, this girl, just give her some space. Go, you know, why why don't you go out and spend time with your friends or um, go exercise or go veg out, go do something, just go. (laughs) Right, right. We got, you know, we've got Kayuma, you just... Um, but it, there are moments where, um, you know, uh, one of my parents will say, you know, have you, you, you're a little agitated. Have you taken your medication? Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes they're, you know, legitimate, um, questions. And other times I get irritated because I'm like, Okay, this is a normal reaction. You know, this is a normal response. This has nothing to do. So everything gets automatically boxed into that quadrant, right? With Not you. anymore. Initially it did. And then mm-hmm. after a few, you know, just logical conversations with my parents, it's like, oh, okay. All right. That, that question can be irritating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, and so now it's like, you know, like I said, they just say, like, go, go have some you time. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot on your shoulders. Just go take care of yourself for a moment. Um, But, yeah, we we have a very comfortable situation for which I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, There's plenty of space for everybody to have their own space Mm -hmm. and have their own corner. And, um, um, you know, if I, Kayum and I have a suite um, in the basement. So it's pretty self-contained. You know, if we need to go off and, all right, you know, we we need to. That's cool. To, to take some time, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, we can go there. Mm-hmm. And awesome. Everybody's is nice okay. chill. Yeah. Everybody's okay. So yeah. that's good. All right. I'm going to take a little break. Yeah, look at Sunny's face. She's excited. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about um, how to deal with mental wellness. 
Don't you like that? The, the panel says, yes, we like the wellness. <laughs> We're going to talk about well, um, mental wellness, the tools that you need, who do you reach out to, how do you stay in contact with these ladies, all that good stuff when we come back. RCR presents Real Discussions. This is part three of how we deal with mental wellness. I've changed the topic, the title of the topic, just like that because I've been empowered and, and I'm learning, and this has been really, really good. Um, I have three beautiful people here today that have been extremely transparent with their journey, and for that, we thank you. I thank you personally for that because that's going to help a lot of people because, again, it, people as people of color, we don't realize what we don't know. We just don't know, and our environment typically categorizes us, boxes us, shuts us down, quiets our spirit, and and we don't deal with what we need to deal with. Um, this is not someone... Um, being crazy or looking for attention. There's something that's inside of us that's provoking or causing these, the, the mental challenges and the mental wellness that we desire, that we want to have. And so I thank you ladies both for just being transparent. Okay. I'm going to ask you, cause I don't think I, I was clear in the ask. Sure. At what point did you realize you needed to get some form of help? Was it dad? Was it mom and dad at that time and saying, we got to get her some help because there's something off? Or when, when did it happen for you? You know, there were a good, great question. Thanks for asking, Michelle. Mm -hmm. There were um, several moments okay. that, um, you know, family, yes. friends were yes. like, um, you should go get this checked out. You okay. know, they're a really good friend of mine who... Um, during a crisis, I had like a full on manic, just, oh God, I'm trying to think of a good example. Mm. Um, this delusion that basically the whole, my whole world was falling apart mm -hmm. because somebody forgot to take the dog out to go potty. Mm. Um, and this was several, several years ago. This was back in, I would say 2010. And a friend of mine said, you need to go to hospital right now because you're having a crisis. Okay. I said, I'm not having a crisis. This is everybody else's fault. You know, somebody right. didn't do this and I'm just angry. Right. Um, and then there were moments when, uh, I was early on about, I want to say 15, 16. And my parents said, okay, there's something wrong. You let's take you to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I said this on air, but I remember saying this, um, off, you know, mm -hmm. offline mm -hmm. to you guys, mm -hmm. there were moments when my dad thought I was on drugs mm -hmm. and I was like 13, 14. And he and my mom would constantly, you know, do these, um, sporadic raids in my room mm -hmm. and take mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. out and look around. Um, yeah, they thought maybe I was into, um, a cult Right. Wicca or something like that mm. because I would burn candles in my room mm. <laughs> and I would act really weird, mm. um, um, unusual and imbalanced. Um, so that, th like I said, there have just been these little periods mm -hmm. where, okay, what's going on mm -hmm. to go check it and then, you know, go get checked out, address it and then, you know, leave it alone. Right. Um, and a cousin of mine who's in mental health actually, you know, it's, it's about, um, I wanted to say, the early part of 2012, um, told me to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I went to the hospital because I was having a mental breakdown and mm. they said, Oh, you're fine. They didn't give me any medication. Mm. They just sent me home and said, well, call, you know, call these people in the morning and make an appointment. 
And I called to make an appointment and they're like, well, we don't have any openings for exactly yeah. several months out. And I was like, eh, whatever. And I left it. And, you know, sure enough, about six, seven months later, it stuff just blew out of the water. Wow. Wow. Um, so it, and it took a good friend of mine really looking at me and like holding me by the shoulders, looking at me in the eye and saying, there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's really, really something mm-hmm. wrong. And it mm-hmm. wasn't like a kind of a something over the phone call where, I mean, over the phone or um, yeah. a casual thing in, in yeah. person where people say, you know, you might want to go get mm-hmm. this checked out. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. It, you know, it was a very direct mm-hmm. um uh, very, um, I would say extreme, but it was very powerful yes. concern. Yes. Um, almost as to say, you know, th- there's something that's about to, you know, completely fall apart mm-hmm. for you. You're mm-hmm. at a turning point. You better go get help. You right better now. get help. Now, the sad thing about um, this is that when we reach out to help for like the medical system, some, some, they shut us down. Like they, they didn't help you. They told you there was nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? This has happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I um, had a moment where I was having auditory hallucinations. I had um, my executive functioning was turned off. Wow. Um, What's that? Can you, I know what it is. About ADHD. Right. Executive mm-hmm. functioning is where your brain tells you. Um, or your brain helps you to make logical decisions, mm-hmm. um, self-control, and um, being able to um, organize, organize information exactly, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can make an uh, appropriate, have an appropriate response. Um, but it, it, without going into too much detail, it was a very, very severe situation. So I checked myself in the hospital. This was back in, I want to say, two thousand and maybe three mm-hmm. and the doctor there was a male, mm-hmm. a black male. And he mm-hmm. said, there's nothing wrong with you. You just have really bad PMS. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I stayed there for three <laughs> days. I wanted to give me medication like antidepressants. I wouldn't take it. Um, and so I, you know, left there mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Son. Yeah. Just that's, particular experience brings me to back to the question you asked about the in-between yes right because some people are not going to identify with extreme issues mm-hmm. there are people who maybe have invisible labor going on that yes. labor just not being you know just kind of you working yourself until you 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 work yourself till you keep working yes right? Right. basically right um all these kind of things are just like normalized so you have the normalized kind of stressors that people could uh, need assistance with mm-hmm. and then you have the kind of more extreme mm-hmm. or more int- powerful I like that word. More mm-hmm. powerful experiences that require a different type of intervention. Mm-hmm. So the in-between to me, for me, because the way I see it, that experience with the doctor is something that happens often. Yes. I know it happens with, it's happened with me okay. where I have even removed myself from situations after having a negative experience because I just was like, okay, so that's the whole of the experience. So if this doctor is telling me that there's nothing wrong or this is the only way they could be approached and I don't have any type of agency, mm-hmm. then... I'm not going to allow you to be a part of my life because as a vulnerability, you're opening it up to someone to get some help. And so that was actually kind of almost traumatic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't have a way to deal with the trauma. I just decided that medication wasn't for me and right. neither were psychiatrists. Right. Right. From one experience with the, with the male doctor right. who 
put me on an antidepressant who didn't know or didn't um, assist me with that fact I had bipolar. And if mm-hmm. you had bipolar on certain antidepressants, yeah. it would spin mm-hmm. you out. It is the opposite of health. Wow. And so I was spun out into a suicidal frenzy and could not function. And I knew it was the medication because I've researched because I'm that type of person. Right. I went and researched and this particular drug he put me on had been sued specifically by black women and people in my age range because their the effect of them had caused them depression and suicide when they never had it. Wow. So I talked to him about it. And he told me, you can't, I'm the doctor. I have this amount of years of medical school and all you did was read the internet and I don't need any help <laughs> without respect, without respecting authority that doesn't need to be an authority. Mm. I don't need any help with that. I already have that pretty good. So, and I think that's a very, very important uh, part of this conversation yes. is making sure that, People are empowered enough and have enough confidence in themselves that when they feel that a doctor or any other healthcare professional is mistreating them yes. or isn't handling them well, right. being able to speak up and say that, being able to ask those questions. Yes. Um, and it is, it is unfortunate because there are a lot of people, a lot of mental health professionals, whether they're from the old school or the new school or whatever school they're from, right. they can be tremendously um, dismissive. They've seen a lot of the same patterns mm-hmm. and habits show up in people. So mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, well, if you fit this, 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 and criteria, then you can get this medication without still understanding like, okay, they might meet all that criteria, but but this is still an individual. This is still a person. It's still a human. You still need to treat this person like this is a brand new individual person and not just a number. And I always, a number, the number one cornerstone of my therapy is empowerment. Wanting to make sure that I Mm -hmm. give my clients enough confidence to even question me. Yes, come through, Erica James. Yes, finding a new therapist is like finding a new partner. You might have to meet with them. More date, than one. Come time figure out if they're going to be a fit for you. And yes. I always tell my clients that in the very first session, I would love for you to, to, to continue to come work with me. But, but if at any time during our practice together, yes. if you feel uncomfortable, if there's something that's not working for you, if you want to try something new, please feel free to communicate that to me. And I'll try my best, my best to do what you need. And if I can't give you what you need, then I'll help refer you to somebody who can. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want one experience with me to turn them off from mental health altogether. I want them to continue to seek the support and the help that they need. Um, Another way I like to empower my clients is Mm. I was talking to Sunny about this offline is looking at their community, looking at their support system. At some point after we've determined that we're a great fit and we've had a few sessions together, who's the most important person in your support system? Mm. Bring them into the session, not for a family or group therapy session, but so they can really get a peek into what it's like to live like you live every day. So they can really see what it's like. And then I can give them to tools to help help them help you so you're not calling me eight months down the line yes you've been able to develop a a really mental health team Mm -hmm. a really empowered mental health team a mental health support system from the people who are already in your natural support system um so yeah empowerment is a big thing for me and a lot of us especially coming from historically we have learned and been taught not to trust doctors, not to trust yeah. mental health, not not to trust those people in the lab coats with right. all the letters behind their names. <laughs> and so part of what I do is try to help flip that around Come on. and let them know that we can be part of your team and here's how we can be part mm-hmm. of your team. Mm-hmm. Which to me puts you in a revolutionary space. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, yeah. it's true. Like it even is. offline you were talking about, you know, kind of putting together the spiritual and the, the science yes, and the art yes, of mental yes. health, which is often mm-hmm. a cultural barrier, yes, right? There are right. practitioners who insist on one or the other yeah. right. and dismiss people who have either both or strongly feel for one or the mm-hmm. other, right? And I think the thing that helped me, 16 diagnosed, severe depression, hospitalized, hospitalized at 21, um, and then 32, 
I self-hospitalized. That mm. was the turning point. Okay. But the thing that helped me, and I have to give another shout, a shout out, because you gave a shout yes. out to Anana Harris. Yes. Who is not yes. a mental health yes. professional, but no. she is definitely... I, you know, I won't say a healer, but she was, she was, th- I had a session with her mm-hmm. um, as a friend. She sat me down and she gave me a self-care consultation. Yes. Right. And so I had already had experience with the, how to take care of myself mm-hmm. with lifestyle management. Mm-hmm. Right. And then to have the medical interventions right. and there was this gap in between. between. So I get this mm-hmm. plan and somebody asked me about my support system and the last person I told that I had, you know, I couldn't make it to right. something right. because I was depressed might tell me to pray about it, right? And right. now they're X'd out of a particular type of right. support. Right. right. So I would get even more depressed about the support system yes. because I would have to look at the ways I didn't wasn't supported. Right, right. right. Okay. <laughs> or the ways I had yeah. to show up in order to get, get something. Right. right. And the person who I'm needing support from might need support from me. So right. she sat me down and it was very, 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 very simple. And I'm a, you know, thought you know, thinking that the more thoughts you have, the more, the more you might, the quicker you might get to the solution. Mm. <laughs> she was like, just go and listen to some music in this environment. I'm like, but I don't want to be around people. And I had all these like, and she really helped me to really take advantage of in between the eating the right diet and gardening and like the proper support mm. system mm-hmm. and being on the right medication. There's all this trial and error. Yes. Right? There's oh, yeah. all this oh, yeah. like yes. psychiatrist who doesn't work, who tells yep. you some right. messed up stuff. I'm keeping it cute for, <laughs> right, for right. the radio. And <laughs> yeah, we're TV. PG. Right, PG. We're PG Sunday. PG. Um, <laughs> you know, who just all these experiences that the in between it's kind of like uh, I see it as a freedom making almost. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. There are systems that are still in place mm-hmm. that keep us thinking that we don't matter mm. right so having that kind of self-care plan because that's what it was self-care like i was at the depths of i was bottom out right mm-hmm. and i'm thinking that there's nothing i can do aside from uh one of the things that come with bipolar is the grandiose thinking mm-hmm. yep. so it's either this big yeah. plan i had a plan for the city i had the plan for you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't even have a plan for myself but mm-hmm. i have a plan for everything yeah. that's this big or it's this kind of like feeling of nothingness yes and in between this like Okay, I'm supposed to eat three times a day, but I'm not eating one time a day. Mm-hmm. There's this small baby steps that you can do to take right. care of yourself. To right. like, this psychiatrist, I really wasn't appreciating, but it doesn't mean I'm going to give up. Mm-hmm. That's the in between to me, yes. right? Because that part is where you can get lost. It took yeah. me years after having that experience with that psychiatrist awesome. to be back in a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Years, oh, yeah. awesome. I refuse. Oh, yeah. I already yeah. am would be seen as medication non-compliant, right? yes, because of the way <laughs> I grew like, up. I'm yeah. not doing I, w- I would be yeah. because my family came from a family of addiction, mm-hmm. and my mother was just like, no. no. No aspirins, no Tylenol. We didn't have nothing basic. She made everything, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, like I said before, I said, yeah. like, can I, can I just get a Tylenol? Yeah, um, get so I already had that in my head, right? <laughs> and so the, the actual fill in the gap was, was self-care. Self-care. Was oh, that yeah. I matter enough that when I have, for instance, negative thoughts that come with depression, which is like, I feel like the thing that could keep me, like I'm already down mm-hmm. chemically, mm-hmm. right? It's hard for me to get out this bed. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking of all the times where I'm a failure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm back here again and I'm yeah. supposed to be, you know, I'm I'm judging myself by my wellness. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Like, which helps yep. me to stay sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back. We're going to come. I'm just going to say this. We, I love Sister Kara. Come on. Alliance. I love that. She's like, I'm plugging it in. We're going to come back <laughs> to us in a minute. Uh, I want people to understand and Erica touched on it too, your rights as to oh, yeah. who can be with you, who mm-hmm. can be with you on this journey right. clinically, yes. the whole thing. Now I heard two different, 
size, which is excellent. That's why today is just so dynamic. Thank you for being here. Um, Kay has a preference or is saying, you know, I did the group thing. The group thing didn't work Mm -hmm. for me, Mm -hmm. for me, me being Kay. We're not throwing it out, but for where Kay is and what Kay had to experience and things that were going on that didn't press the right buttons Mm -hmm. for her. However, you, you got your light bulb turned on or your boots knocked. When you went in a group, right, (laughs) right. When you went in a group, right. Cause he was like, because it was a resounding sound that you had in your head all this time. And everybody in the room was saying the same thing. Now, for those that are listening, you ladies agree that you have mental wellness opportunities and challenges, but they're different. Mm -hmm. They're very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, just based on the fact on what the bipolarism and the depressions and those type of things. So it all swings back to Erica, why she's the bomb, because you have to, it's an individual. It's like, it's no different than a doctor, your primary care, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your optometrist, anybody, a lawyer, any, any one of these professional services that you take time to make sure that is a fit for you you should not cheat yourself on your health for sure you should not she looks good you should (laughs) not you should not cut corners and so it is a trial and error you should if if you know enough right we we hope that this conversation today empowered somebody my thing is if i've touched one thank you god we touch a thousand Mm -hmm. right so if somebody's listening know of somebody that has it that has not come out of the closet with it because they don't know yeah hopefully there's some tools here that you know If, if anything else once that light bulb goes off have the questions have the questions that you need to ask of that person that's that service care provider, yes. whether it's a counselor, whether it's a psychiatrist, whether it's group, have expectations on what you need for so your breakthrough important. every day. Yes. Every it's an everyday thing, isn't it, Kay? Literally, it's every yes. day. Literally. It's every day. Mm-hmm. Cause some days are better than others. I listen. Some days are better than others. Yeah. Then it's a moment. Then Kay was sharing. It could be any little thing that just sets us off. We don't know, mm-hmm. but own your right to be healthy sure. and right. to be well and right so think of it as an investment yes. instead of an expense yes yes like you're that's investing tough. you're investing the time yes the money the yes. research the the time you spend to find the group or to find the therapist right. or to talk to somebody that think of it as an investment yeah. instead of something that like an it's expense it is that you're giving away yeah. right no you're, you're investing into your, it is. into your own health into yourself it's hard though because when oh, yeah. our us as color people of color we so budget you know, mm-hmm. we are paycheck to paycheck. This is real talk, y'all. Yeah. We are paycheck to paycheck. If that person or that entity doesn't pay us, a lot of us don't know what we're going to do. Right. So now we're introducing a whole nother element where I have to get this. I have to get this. What is it going to cost me? Right. That's real that's, talk. That's where we are. Right? That's where we and are. You know, there's a... Um, I came across this organization through um, a volunteer website mm-hmm. whose name is blanking me out. I like to support causes yes. and organizations yes. that uh, support things that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I came across a um, organization called Center for Black Women's Wellness. Mm, nice. um, and I recommended this to a friend of mine who's in mental health therapy. She was looking for some positions. Right. And they have free programs. They're located in 
I want to say Southwest Atlanta. Okay. And they have mental wellness programs specifically for women of color. Mm-hmm. Nice. And they're free. Nice. They have group therapy. And it's not group therapy for let's come together and lament. Mm-hmm. It's let's come together. <laughs> That's not your favorite. No. Mm-hmm. It, they come together and they consciously work from a set of tools mm-hmm. okay. in order to um, strengthen themselves mm-hmm. and learn how to self-care, mm-hmm. learn how to regulate their emotions, learn how to um, process stressors in a logical fas- fashion so that it doesn't become a source of anxiety, mm-hmm. um, learn how to build a support system and know who needs to be at their table, mm-hmm. um, identify other people's dysfunction so that they know Okay, that they may not be the person that I need close to me Definitely. sitting at my table. Right. Right. Um, identify triggers for their um, uh, identify triggers for them mm-hmm. that can create uh, depression mm-hmm. or um, emotional overwhelm. Yes, and mm-hmm. a group that I joined is, um, and this was not through CBWW uh, Center for Black Women's Wellness. It's through. Um, a, private therapist that I had is uh, mm. dialectical behavioral therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. And it is about helping people to, um, as I just said before, identify the issues, identify the triggers. Um, and it, it's, it's about creating a little, um, magical bag of tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like literally, mm-hmm. um, I've done, I have experience with DBT and CBT, mm-hmm. um, the ones that you just mentioned. And some parts of that is creating a bag or a box mm-hmm. of tools, items, a physical um, box. yeah, physical yep. box. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some therapists keep them in the therapy office, which I'm not really sure how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to actually, we make it in the office, but take it out in the, yeah. in your environment, yeah. take it out with you. So yeah. when you do feel those triggers, when you know, cause some situations come across, you have to face it no matter what, and yes. you know, it's going to be a trigger for you. Yes. But if you have actual tools that you can use, like grab that, so even just seeing that, just seeing the toolbox and not even opening it sometimes mm. is enough to get you through that trigger mm. because you know that the tools are there mm. and just thinking of it and seeing it. It's like, okay, I think I can do this without even opening the box. Mm. And then sometimes it's like, actually I am going to go in that box. Okay. Right. So it, right. this is, you have really, it cause it's dynamic. It's very dynamic. Yeah. It's very dynamic. Some Changing. tools like breathing, um, deep breathing, closing your eyes, things like that. Mindfulness. Mm. Those are great. But some people actually need, let me pull this stress ball out of this mm. bag. Let me pull this yeah. feather out of the bag. Let me pull pull this, this, um, crystal quartz or some, um, um, essential oil or whatever the case may be. Let me, let me have that. I keep, I keep those things with me personally to refresh myself and to kind of balance my energy and cleanse my energy. I know that's right. Yeah. Um, so really creating a bag or a tool and allowing them, allowing the client to bring in what's your favorite bag at home? Or if you want to go buy a bag and we can create and build a tool bag for you to take with you. Kay, did you have any other sites or places that could help people? Um, circling back to empowering yourself with who you choose to be your professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think NAMI, National Association for Mental, is it Mental Illness? Illness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they need to change their name. They need to change NAMI. the name. Uh, but they've got a questionnaire, and I think this is, you can Google this, um, how to find a uh, therapist that mm-hmm. suits you. Okay. And it, there's a series of questions. questions that you can awesome. ask. Um, and also if you go in and you have a, um, not just a therapist, but a psychiatrist mm-hmm. even, and you walk in and after 
30 minutes, 15 minutes, they have a diagnosis. They are not the one for you. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I mean, it takes, um, hours of conversation. Um, when I went to Emory, it was a two hour assessment and they had a full questionnaire. It wasn't just one of those, you know, you walk into the office Mm -hmm. and there's 10, 15 Mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. This was, I mean, it took two hours Mm. and it said, you know, in a conversation as well, Mm -hmm. tell me about your history. Um, and you know, interview with the family Mm -hmm. to come because this is very serious. It's huge. huge. You know, you can't just give somebody a diagnosis of, uh, anxiety or depression or just, um, you know, yeah, anxiety, depression, you give them anti-anxiety pills and, um, uppers, which is mm-hmm. antidepressant and it can make their matter worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, it can create, um, uh, a greater sense of depression mm-hmm. yes, or a, a greater sense of suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and for someone like me, I don't need to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, certain antidepressants, mm-hmm. you know, I, I am on an antidepressant. It's very mild. It's like the lowest milligrams of it. Um, but it, it helps for when I do have those moments of like, Oh my God, you know, life. What is life? (laughs) (laughs) Life is overrated. (laughs) I have a few too. Come on, Um, Sonny. And I think they're already pulled up. So one is if you're looking for a therapist, um, Erica James already has her website. So, um, and then also if you have a certain type of insurance, Mm -hmm. if you want to, uh, Fine by race, mm-hmm. fine by belief system, fine yes. by therapeutic experience. Psychology yeah, Today psychology is the today. one I usually awesome. use. Because literally you put in, it has like, I don't know, almost a hundred different things you That's could filter good. for. That's right? good. Um, and so you don't have to worry like, is this my insurance carries mm-hmm. the, right. the area? That's what somebody is, was thinking right yeah, now. Thank you. Right. The gender. The, yes. You know, yes. being. So yes. you have that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this place called the Peer Wellness um, Center in Decatur. And people do not know about this. Like a number of people don't know about this. It is a center underneath the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network, mm-hmm. which is where I got my training uh, to Look do the that. work in the mental health field. This is, Go, it looks like mm-hmm. a, a house. It's a residential setting. Mm-hmm. But what happens there, let's say that you're feeling, you know, um, me and Kay are relating on so many different the kind of experiences of walking this journey. Right. And you don't feel like you need to be hospitalized, but you also don't feel, you might feel like you want to be stabilized mm-hmm. or you might feel like you need right. a break. Good, mm-hmm. good This word. is a week. Mm-hmm. You can spend a week in this um, residential, kind of like it's a resortish yes. thing. Wow. One of the rooms actually has a um, jacuzzi. Yeah. And you go in here, right? It's literally off... Um, uh, across is maybe about five blocks from Avondale train station. Wow. Oh, wow. And so it looks really wooded. You go in here, it's beautiful on the ins- like beautiful on the inside. And for one week, they give you a, a stipend. They take you to the grocery store, all free. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take you to the grocery store. You, you get whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you go in, go in and out as you please. You have to be back at two. AM. Oh, wow. And you have your own room. Um, they have, <laughs> they have, <laughs> come on now. We're learning. Like, come here. Like, right? like, they have, they have uh, <laughs> classes and wellness activities every day who are led by people who also have uh, challenges, but who are trained to, you know, awesome. you could ask for, hey, let's talk. It's two o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. And they'll talk with you, you know, uh, mm. creative activities. Uh, housing assistance, all that. And that's a week. And you can also go there every single day. It's on there. What's between uh, 10 and 6, every seven days a week. If you The, the service I'm talking about is called respite, mm-hmm. and it's for a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but only thing that you need to do is identify as a person who has any challenges. It's no big paperwork. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a hospital. They make sure. They're very clear. The difference between them and NAMI, because it's both organizations that I'm a part of, is mm-hmm. NAMI kind of... Uh, has a very formal like support groups mm-hmm. like this is more like come on in mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, wow. so I think that's important um, 
another one that you were talking about about if you want a, a person who you may have who who already maybe knows or doesn't know who wants to tell their story is Respect Institute. Mm-hmm. What they do is they take you through a formal process, and if you are a mental health professional, you can actually have them come in and do a whole session. Mm. And it really empowers oh, wow. people because it's a formal process, and at the end you graduate by telling your story. Wow. Okay. And so people, I have been both through it and also a trainer mm. and to watch the actual difference from somebody who comes in at the beginning and empowers themselves with the same details, right? How you, how you interact with the details of happening, but you're telling it in an empowering way mm-hmm. is like, they literally ch- become a different person. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and can you repeat that? What is that? The respect Institute, the respect, the respect Institute. Institute. Mm-hmm. The respect Institute. and give us some love on sister care. Okay. So this is my favorite, right? Cause this literally was the life changing. <laughs> um, hey, Anana, this was the life changing changing moment for me because I had I would just I've been diagnosed with 16 since 16 so I've had times where I'm really you know practicing good uh options for myself mm-hmm. and times where I'm just completely out of any field of treatment or coping skills non-compliant and, <laughs> <laughs> that's the word very like years right mm-hmm. and so the thing about this is that it's so personal like the self-care session I had was so it was so helpful to me because it was literally the tool that got me to converge the two mm-hmm. and have less gaps between like, if I'm having a moment where neither one of those are options, I don't have to beat up on myself because I'm not doing all the right things mm-hmm. and taking care of myself. Cause there's a lot of judgment for yes. me oh, yeah. yes. that comes oh, yeah. to how am I taking care of myself? Cause as an adult, you're supposed to be functioning a certain kind of way, especially you have responsibilities. And if you, don't feel like you're, you know, then you know there's consequences. So that right. was the thing. So it comes back to guilt and shame. So the Sister Care Alliance, the, good, the great thing about this organization, for anybody, we're doing a membership drive. So I um, suggest they go to sistercarealliance.org. Um, and you also can email sistercarealliance at gmail.com. So Sister Care, like it sounds, Sister C-A-R-E, Alliance. Um, and so the thing that helped me was that it it puts together activism, social mm-hmm. activism, and taking care of yourself. Awesome. Right? Um, we were a part of, um, uh, Anana was one of the major organizers for the Mama Day Bellout, yep. Uh, yep. Um, which oh, helped okay. black women. Uh, yep. Right? A lot of people mm-hmm. already know about yep. that. Black yep. women um, on Mother's Day mm-hmm. get out of uh, jail. So yep. we bonded out, right? It was awesome. That was beautiful. It was a beautiful, wow. it was a beautiful day. Wow. And everybody is it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Right? Beautiful and day. everybody who's a member of the Secure Alliance is in some ways, you know, doing some kind of social activism, yes. but there are organizations I've been a part of where the people who are doing organizing are run down, mm-hmm. just like the mm-hmm. nurses, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You'll see mm-hmm. some nurses who are like in worse health than the patients mm-hmm. they're serving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so the, the difference in this organization is that you have to take care of yourself. Oh, you right. have it to is a yeah. mandatory thing. And it's not uh, abusive. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause sometimes it's like accountability yeah. for taking care of yourself. Like, Oh, do you have all your sports and you feel worse than right. you know, right. together? Right. right. Times a day, it's all this kind of judgment. The simplest way I could kind of put it is that the question that we ask each other is, how is your self-care going? Mm -hmm. Which has a different energy than are you doing the things you're supposed to do to take care of yourself? Right, right. And you can ask for help. It's kind of this breakdown of categories, social, educational, um, artistic, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual, economic. Mm -hmm. um, And you ask in each category... You say, what do I need today? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's literally revolutionary. There you go. it's putting together the people who are a lot of times doing the most work, who are sometimes the least visible. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I just wanted to shout that out because I think that's just an important thing. If you're interested, if it, it focuses on women of color mm-hmm. um, in this area. So that's a, just an awesome. That's awesome. And that's was, that was what was life changing to me. That helped you. Mm-hmm. Erica, yes. tell the people, beautiful woman, how can, what? 
tools that they need, what they can get, and how can they get with you? So I think in addition to the resource that you guys um, listed, another one is sometimes if you do have health, if you do have health insurance, mm-hmm. going to the um, website of your health insurance provider and yes. seeing what he- mental health providers they work with, that's mm-hmm. one way to start. Um, another thing to do if you have children in school, sometimes schools can help you get um, the resources that you need. They mm-hmm. know a lot about the mental health care providers in the area and the neighborhood that you live in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's overlooked. People don't really think that much about that. But um the school system can kind of help provide uh, a list of resources for you as well. Um, to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, which is www.ejcounselingatl.com. Um, there you can hear about all of my services. Um, I offer many different types of therapy. They also come at many different price points mm-hmm. um, because I don't want um, – people's, you know, um, financial experiences to mm-hmm. be a border to their mental health awesome. care. Awesome. Um, I also have an ebook on my website hey. called The Self-Care Plan. Mm-hmm. And it's really about practical ways people can have self-care. Just It's also helping them identify that some of the things they're already doing is actually self-care, mm-hmm. but just being aware of that and recognizing right, that. Right, right. Um, the small things, oh, I brush my teeth today, that's mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. For, for some people, depending on where they are in their journey, that's, huge. that's a huge thing. That's huge. So really helping them um, identify those things and give themselves credit for the self-care they're already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have um, what's called the journal journey, which is a, a free resource. You you can sign up for and every week you'll get a new topic to journal about mm-hmm. and for them each month is a different theme so for the month of july the theme will be anxiety okay. so each week you'll get a new topic to journal about about anxiety because mm-hmm. um, i do think journaling is a great way to kind of help you work through some of the challenges you're wow. going through especially if you can't get connected to formal mental health just writing in your journal and it's completely free and mm-hmm. every every week you'll get a new topic emailed to you um mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the way you can contact me. You can also email me at contact um, at ejcounselingatl.com. And you're on the gram, too. I'm on Instagram. Yes, ma'am. My Instagram page is ejcounselingatl. Yes, she's on the gram. I like her on the gram. Yes, yes, thank you. You know what? This was very empowering. There was a lot of notes being taken. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. When you can sit with women people that are informed and you get something from it. That's what it was all about. My hope today is that we as people, um, as people can see, I'm a, I'm a woman of color. I'm not changing. I'm not bleaching this. Nope. This is what you get. Um, as a woman of color, I want to do whatever I can to help our people. I want to help all women, of course, but I hope that what you heard today resonated with you. These ladies were transparent. They were passionate about this. It is their journey. They own it. If you know somebody that that is dealing with mental wellness or dealing with mental health opportunities or challenges, please reach out to me. If you don't remember anybody else's name at this table, reach out to me and we will be sure to get you the tools that you need Mm -hmm. to start your road for empowerment. So you you can enjoy this thing called life the best way you possibly can. That is my time for today. I must go. But in all things that you do, I want to thank my guests. Thank you, beautiful ladies. Thank you. You guys continue to to rock on it. We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on.